So for the data analysts, I give the really advice to create your story about your analysis in order to make it very clear for the marketeers what are the issues, what are the threats, what are the opportunities, so they can make a very clear image of the people they need to make a campaign for. Hello everyone and welcome on this new episode of the House of Marketing's podcast. My name is Jean-Marc and today I would like to welcome my new co-host, Emily. Hello, Emily. Hi, Jean-Marc. Hi, everybody. So, uh, Emily, I will let you introduce the topic of today. Yes, so today we will meet you to talk about a very important topic, which is value management and more specifically, churn. So what is churn? Churn is really the action or rate of existing customer deciding not to renew offer a service in your company. So in simple words... It's customer leaving your company. But how can we measure that? And more importantly, how can you avoid that? So on top of traditional tactics, we will discover also how we can use ID marketing to fight churn in the most efficient way. All right, nice menu. Let's go. To talk about churn and value management, we invited Frank Cornelis in the studio today. Hello, Frank. Hi, Jean-Marc. Hi, Emily. Before getting started, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah. I'm the data science lead at Uptrust, part of the Customer Collective. Um, started 15 years ago as a data scientist. I've been 10 years a consultant, working for main major telecom operators. Been as well five years on the corporate side at Carrefour and Digicel in the Caribbean. While I started my career mainly creating segmentation models, um, prediction models. I moved more and more to the operational side, the customer base marketing, where I really wanted to see and to create the value made out of all the data. So for the ones who are not familiar with it yet, um, Frank, can you explain us what is value management and why does it matter so much? Customer value management, in fact, is the same as customer-based marketing. So most companies, when they start business, they need new customers. And then, when we, then we speak about customer acquisition. And at a certain moment, a business is growing its customer base. And at a certain moment, it has enough customers which he, he, uh, the company can uh, contact. So instead of keep paying Facebook and Google to contact and to market your customers, you can immediately contact them directly. And you don't have to pay the Facebook and the Googles of this world for your communication. So Frank, can we say then that there is a link uh, between value management and churn and loyalty? That's correct. Churn and loyalty is a part of the customer value management. Most companies, they start with acquisition, getting new customers um, into buying. However, the chance of selling something to a new customer is a lot lower than selling the same products to existing customers. Existing customers have a lot more probability to buy your products again. And that's why customer-based marketing or customer value management is that important. So Frank, what are some, some error mistakes that you see happening at clients regarding loyalty or churn campaigns? Oh, one of the mistakes we see is that companies, they start with a loyalty program 
and they give a lot of value away to keep customers uh, with them. And at a certain moment, they realize that their loyalty program costs a lot of money. So they give a lot of value away, more value away than that customers go away. Other issues we've seen is that some uh, churn campaigns actually create churn because in fact you're targeting active customers who you think might leave you but in fact you're waking them up they start realizing hmm i should look for older alternatives and look if there's a better value for me elsewhere so frank uh, in the introduction you mentioned id marketing can you explain us how the way of working on churn is evolving taking id marketing into consideration Definitely. So churn campaigns, they have been taking place already for many, many years. So in the beginning, it was mainly the experts who knew the customer and they decided which kind of campaigns needs to be put in place. We have seen already churn models, predictive churn models for many years. However, what's new in the latest years is everything which has to do with experimentation the iterative way of improving your campaigns. Another point is new data, not just to look at uh, behavioral data, but as well to claim data. Like for instance, for churn, all the exit service to add that information as a kind of a profile to your segments. And so you connect the two to enrich your data. Yes. So. If we summarize what we, we said until now, um, value management, which is linked to, to loyalty and churn, is, of course, very important. Um, but also the fact that yeah, the way of working on churn is very important, as you said, Frank. Yeah, if you start a, a churn campaign, you should do it well. Otherwise, it can actually wake up your customers who are, instead of not churning, going to look away. And uh, the data which is coming uh, in the ID marketing way of working with churn. So let's continue. If I'm not mistaken, you actually lead a project at Ascent, an energy provider. So can you maybe start by telling us a bit more about uh, what is the context of the client? The manager of the customer retention team at Essence, um, realized they had a new kind of churn on a specific customer segment. So the next uh, step should have been, okay, what are we gonna do about it? Which kind of customers are we going to target? What's gonna be the actions? And they could have done it the old way by um, coming up with a, a churn expert and by applying best practices of the industry. However, they decided to uh, do a project with us following the ID marketing uh, process. All right, so you tackled it applying uh, ID marketing. Can you explain us a little bit concretely what it means in terms of process? So we applied a four-step approach. So the first step was getting hands to the, on the data behavioral data, claim data. Second step is applying artificial intelligence, uh, creating predictive models to see which drivers come up, explain that later on. 
Thirdly is to organize a brainstorm with people from the company as well as uh, domain experts of our company. And fourthly is really um, creating the experiments and uh, applying them. All right. Can you now, um, if we dig a bit more I into these four steps, so you mentioned first, first step um, is to gather all the data. Can you explain a bit more concretely uh, what is happening there? We got access to their granular data. So they created already churn models, so predictive models to um, determine which customers are likely to churn. Because of that, they had already customer analytical records. We took those data. We added as well exit survey data. So that's like sample data on a few thousands of customers and we were able to match it back to uh, the specific customers who left. Second step was creating a lot of predictive models. We used different timings, different targets. And what was the purpose of that was in fact to look for segments at risk or specific churn triggers, meaning actions a customer did that led to an increase of churn. The third step was in fact preparing and doing the brainstorm. And before doing that, we profiled a lot of those segments at risk as well as churn triggers, explaining, creating a kind of a story, which was really important, is in fact to make the marketeer understand what were the issues. So when we ran into the brainstorm session, we explained the, the issues, the um, segments at risk, churn triggers. And then the next step was that the marketeers started to become creative and think about a lot of ideas and list them. Okay, so we came up with a kind of 300, 400 different ideas on a lot of different segments, different churn triggers. And next, we started to quantify all those ideas. We knew how big the segments were, how many churners in, are in there. We made some assumptions about the performance of the uh, of the campaign, as well as of the cost. And with those numbers, we were able to prioritize all those ideas to come up with a kind of a list for experiments. So we're dividing them from most impactful to least impactful. The fourth step, we selected together with the customer um, some top IDs that we implemented them into kind of experiments. So there's one thing I hear is very important in what you say. Everything is very important, of course, but one idea that you just quickly explain is that with all the data that you gather, the analysis, the insights of the customers that you gave to the marketeer, the marketing team was able or had felt more power to have new ideas and creative plan in order to put the new strategic on in order to avoid churn because they had all the customer insight that you shared with them in a comprehensive way. Is that what, what you mean when you said it helped the marketeer to understand and to be more creative? Yes. 
in many other cases, what's happening very often at companies is that uh, the data team, they give every week, every month, a list of customers who are at risk because they come out of a churn predictive model. And the data team says, like, hey, those 2,000 customers, they are at risk. Please do something with them. But for a marketeer, that's extremely difficult to think about uh, campaigns for those customers because it's a kind of a blended uh, group, a, a blended segment. So it's very important to come up with very clear segments or churn triggers, which are like very easy to understand in order for the marketeer to become creative and think about solutions and think about campaigns. I have a question for you, Frank, because uh, I find it super interesting what the whole process and um, we talk a lot in marketing nowadays about artificial intelligence that is seems to be present everywhere, although we, we know that it's uh, usually kind of a buzzword that is not really clear. For someone who has no technical understanding of what you are doing, can you explain what is actually the artificial intelligence doing at the second stage? So it, when you explain, so you gather all the data uh, and then you use artificial intelligence to, to create segments. What is it actually doing? Why do you need artificial intelligence? That's a very relevant question, Jean-Marc. The artificial intelligence we applied here, in fact, we used statistical models on past data. So what does that mean? We had three to five years of history on the customer um, records. So we knew which customers left in the past. And in fact, what we have done, we looked at all the characteristics and the actions those customers did before they leave. And we start creating relationships, statistical relationships, to see which actions, which uh, attributes of those customers led to them leaving. In fact, we could have looked at a lot of attributes and a lot of um, actions those customers done one by one. But in fact, by using artificial intelligence, we, imp we improve the, uh, the process and we speed up everything. The statistics, in fact, are telling, hey, watch out, those uh, attributes are, in fact, more linked to churn. So you should have a look at those um, features. All right, very clear. Thank you, Frank. So coming back to the, to the case, so to, to summarize a bit what you explained, um, four steps. First, gathering all the data, using artificial intelligence, like you just explained, to uh, clarify segments at risk. And then you you bring this to a brainstorm session saying, hey guys, here are um, what the data shows. Can we do a brainstorm session to ideate on solutions? You rank them and then, uh, yeah, this also makes it more concrete for the marketers to really start experimenting and see what works. So Frank, on this podcast, we also like to to give some recommendation or give some insight about the project to to help marketing to improve uh, tactics to fight churn. So, are there any learnings that you would like to share, or based on or other recommendations that you would like to to give us? Yeah, definitely. So for the data, 
analysts, I give the really the advice to create your story about your analysis in order to make it very clear for the marketeers what are the issues, what are the threats, what are the opportunities, so they can make a very clear image of the people they need to make a campaign for. Okay, so that's one thing. And on the other thing, that's more for the marketeers, and I have like a nice anecdote to tell as well about the past project. It's like the moment you have all those ideas, the hundreds of ideas, and then you start quantifying them, you apply some assumptions. So the moment I came back to the customer and I asked to validate the assumptions, instead of validating the assumptions, they came back within like 15 minutes, say like, hey, we wouldn't like to do those experiments. And I said like, yeah, but did you validate those assumptions? Uh, no, we didn't, because that was like a lot of work to do. We just picked the ones we liked. And I said, no, no, the idea is to do it data-driven, meaning look at the ideas and the experiments which has the most potential value and pick I uh, ideas out of those. And the same thing happened at our site. We had a few digital marketeers in the brainstorm session and they came up with very fans, fancy advanced digital campaigns. However, after the data um, exercise, those ideas were in fact in the bottom list, the bottom of the list, meaning they were not that impactful because of, um, in that case, mainly because reachability. We weren't able to reach most of those customers through those digital channels. Okay, so we are already getting to the end of this episode. Uh, thank you for your time, Frank. It was really nice to get your, your inputs and your science. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Um, if you would like to, to know more, because this is really like conversion starter, we could talk about this for an hour with, uh, with Frank. Uh, don't hesitate to contact him or to take contact with us uh, on tom.eu slash podcast, where you will also find a description of this episode and all the resources that you need. I would like to add, Jean-Marc, don't hesitate if you'd like to support us and see more of this podcast uh, in your flow. Don't hesitate to leave a review, ask any question, or again, as Jean-Marc said, get more information on the website. So that was it really for today's episode. Thank you very much, Franck. Thank you, Jean-Marc, also. And thank you for all the listeners, to all the listeners, too. And uh, see you soon or speak to you soon more. Bye-bye.